Scott and Liam versus Evil. Have you seen any of these adverts from that app, Wish? They get sponsored on my Facebook all the time. Here I'm telling you just now, there's, you can flip through all the things they've got for sale. For $18, you can buy some form of 3D floor covering for your bathroom that looks like water. $59 gets you these fancy hipster lights for your restaurant. $1 gets you a pen that changes your mouldy old grout to brand new. And then for 49 bucks, you can get a fancy first aid kit. Then for 160 bucks, you're getting some fryers. For 43 bucks, you can get an inflatable Buck and Bronco. And for $20, you can get a hoodie with Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. <laughs> Possibly run DMC. Oh no, so how much is a bucking bronco? A bucking bronco is $43. And how much is the hoodie? $23. That is a fucking Friday night in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fucking amazing. What is Wish? Is it like a marketplace type it's, thing? I don't really know. I've, I, I've, I've got it and I've used it, but I don't fully know what it is because I think everything comes from China and basically I think you're taking a risk that what you get might not be as advertised. <laughs> Like the Bucking Bronco is actually a desktop Bucking Bronco. Very well possibly could be, yes. The thing I bought, I got earphones because when you signed up you got a free gift, you just paid shipping. Shipping was 43 pence and it was these in earphones because I planned to be running at the start of the year. Literally you can't ship anything for 43 <laughs> yeah, pence. <laughs> and then the other thing I bought, again, I think was free or cost me a pound, was um, it's supposed to be to this kind of jelly stuff to get all the dust out of your car and all the nooks and crannies. Right. It was just like kind of kids slime silly party stuff but it worked. So, I mean, I don't know if that hoodie's worth it or not, but... Because Marketplace, I sometimes just go on just for a laugh, just to see what kind of shit people are saying. Well, the one on Facebook? Aye. Have you seen some of the fucking nonsense? I just keep getting told about uh, copies of Red Dead, because I searched for it before I bought it. Um, dumbbells and old weight benches. And um... You're obviously searching for <laughs> dumbbells and old weight, weight, old weight benches. Let me click it now and I'll show you what, what, um, what I'm currently getting. Uh, Red Dead. A piano. And... And well, we're stocking straight. We'll just put them. On. I don't know why they're coming up. <laughs> well, I got a Confederate flag with Elvis's face on it. <laughs> There's also uh, Nazi medals, but whoever that is that's selling it up in Edinburgh has replaced all the swastikas with Peter Griffin or Stu family guy. So there's just various Peter. I wonder if it actually will come up. There's just various Family Guy characters used to block out the swastika, as well as uh a doll that was just totally blackface <laughs> but it had the body was just see like a sack see like oogie boogie from yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Christmas. that was just the body with a black face and it, uh, it said free but when you clicked it it said no make me a fair offer I need a collector who knows what this is it's, like, it's, what is a, it? it's a blackface doll but it's not it's not a gollywog right. it's just a doll with like a it looks like it's been in a fire like severely burnt blackface it's awful I'll find the pictures and I'll show you but why do you, you, you get a lot of crap on it. You're like, I wonder... Although there's somebody selling a Sega Mega Drive for 30 quid. To be honest, quite poignant. There is someone selling the Blu-ray Universal Monsters Collection for £15. <laughs> uh, hello yeah. and welcome to Scotland <laughs> vs Evil. That was a brilliant segue. Uh, welcome to episode 88. Uh, I'm Liam. And I am Scott. And we're finally back together for the first time in a long time. In a long time, yeah. So much so that we just gave each other Christmas and birthday presents from last year. My birthday was in November. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas was December, as people know. Uh, this episode is my pick, so we're continuing Scottish journey into not being a cinema racist. Uh, 
potentially finding a second black and white film that he actually likes. Potentially. And today we are talking about The Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's from 1954. It is a Universal Monsters movie. It's directed by Jack Arnold and it stars the beautiful Julie Adams, who we just lost a couple of weeks ago. Sure. She died, Scott. Oh, With Jamie the It's actually, obviously, we missed last week as an episode. Uh, like the week before, two weeks before, I was thinking to find a movie from the 50s, I was going to go, right, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I think that's what it's going to be. And I rewatched it and I was like, my god, you forget how beautiful she is as a woman, just as a natural beauty. That night, the fucking thing called she died. Four hours after I mentioned it, I think I killed her. It's what's well, the thing, isn't it? Because well almost like saying like that could say that you that's a very common uh, mental schizophrenic illness. Believing that your thoughts are <laughs> your you can change the world around you. However, it's also kinda of, it's also synchronicities and that's something that like it happens to me all the time, like recently, like big, big synchronicities. Like I say, I think something, and then it either happens or, like, there's a there's a there's a director that I seen for the first time last week. It was a, an old clip of the the uh, the Oscars, and one of the directors was just happened to be in it was his face because he wasn't there, and it was like a picture of him. And he's wearing a cowboy hat. And I thought, oh, that's quite a cool guy wearing a cowboy hat. And then I seen what his was name it was. Was it Clint Eastwood? No, it was. I can't honestly, I can't remember his name now. But I, since then, I've seen like four or five different people posting saying, "Oh, this director, blah blah blah." His name, I can't remember what his name is. And um, if I could remember, maybe I'd tell you. New, but I, I know that the reason why he comes up in everybody's feet is because he's you know, also then he's dead or he's as a pedo or something. I don't know. Uh, but no, you know what I mean. Synchronicities are brilliant when they happen. It makes you properly question the world around you, whether it is reality and whether it's real or not. What I got there is a really backhanded insult. Was when it comes to you, it's a synchronicity. When it comes to me, it's severe <laughs> schizophrenia. Well, who, who's the most schizophrenic? The person who um, believes that he's the one that's different, or the person that I'm not believing I'm different. I'm just saying that. I, I watched it, I thought about it, I spoke to Lena and went, by the way, you forget how beautiful she was, and then a few hours later, she had died. So, I'm not saying I did cause it, but, <laughs> but there's a heavy implication there. Alright. <laughs> uh, so for those who haven't seen it, we know there'll be some of you, some of you in the group or that are listening that also don't like black and white movies, fucking idiots, <laughs> or movies with subtitles. Uh, the synopsis is a strange prehistoric beast lurks in the depths of the Amazonian jungle. A group of scientists try to capture the animal and bring it back to civilization for study. Was this a first watch? Well, yeah, yes, it was definitely a first watch, yes. Um, so for most of the people in the group who tend to follow on Team Scott, use this as an example of listening to the episode first and then deciding whether to watch it because... Actually, you know what? For the sake, for the sake of um, decency to cinema, actually don't watch it anyway and make up your own mind. However, I'm going to tell you what I think of it. Yeah, definitely watch it, but for that one person that is a member of Team Scott, Chris, <laughs> yeah, go and watch it first it? before you listen to what Scott's going to say. This is Play all... the trailer now, right? and then we'll come in with your nose. Just right off the bat, they better be fucking good, because I'm in your house, I will set fire to something. <laughs> I will burn you and your dog. So, <gasps> play the trailer, and then we'll jump straight into it. No! 
couldn't explain it. But there it was, alive, in the deep, deep waters of the Amazon. A throwback to a creature that had existed a hundred million years ago. Immensely strong and destructive. A woman's beauty, the bait that brought it out of its lair. See underwater thrills never photographed before. See titanic underwater battles never dreamed of before in this most terrifying of the science fiction adventures. Did you play the trailer there or the whole movie? Because um, the movie's not that long. It's not that long. I know I'm 16 runtime. I thought, oh, this is good. I can bash this to it in like two cups of coffee or something. <laughs> That's why I actually thought you'd like a lot of the Universal Monster movies or even the old black and white ones because they are just as standard movies were way shorter. So it's made for someone who just can't find the time to sit and watch a movie and anything less than 10 goes. See, right, aye, but the thing is it needs to really properly capture, like, pull me into the, uh, the story for me to sit and watch like a whole whole movie but anyway I had been wanting to watch this one for to be honest um, for I'm sorry if you can hear the wee clicking toenails it's because uh, Bailey's just been a wee pest that's my dog anyway, uh, the one that Liam threatened to set on fire um, aye so this is one of the, this movie is one of the ones that I um, that I'd wanted to watch for a long long time and it's one of the main ones you hear about without like being a proper Universal Monsters fan like everybody knows the creature of Black Lagoon everybody knows what it looks like and everybody roughly knows what the um, the story is uh, so I'm glad that you picked this one uh, let's hope it reaches the same heights as the Invisible Man Aye, so this was the Universal with Frankenstein and all that that was all in the 30s they had various sequels uh, like Son of Dracula or Dracula's Daughter Son of Frankenstein for a while and it came to the 50s 50s was such a sci-fi boom that's where like it came from outer space and everyone was obsessed with aliens and science and things that couldn't quite be explained just by like man creating the monster so Universal and also movies were coming out in 3D so the year before this 3D had came to the cinema for like the first time in House of Wax Was that when they started wearing the glasses? Yeah and 3D was a big thing so Creature of the Black Lagoon was actually filmed in 3D I'm assuming you watched it in 2D, as yeah. 95% of people do, did. Did I have an option to watch it in 3D? Uh, on the Universal I don't even know. No. no, I don't know. There might be a 3D version out there somewhere. But Creature from the Black Lagoon, if you are thinking about Universal Monsters, you think Frankenstein, you think Dracula, you think Wolfman, you think the mummy, and you think the creature. The creature came two decades after the rest of them. Oh, really? And yet just looking at it, you wouldn't do it, but like, yeah. <laughs> And yet just slots in there. Perfectly. I'm getting the impression that you did not like this movie, Scott. So I, go through I mean, your notes quickly before I, I fucking drop really, it. I honestly, like, basically, if you're if you're a consistent listener to this episode, you uh, to this podcast, you will see what I thought about from the from the first episode of Liam's Universal Monsters um, journey. And we can all agree now that Liam made the fucking fateful error of putting the, the best one first. Now I've only watched two movies. It's only monsters. because I did pick the fucking thirties the first time, and then forties, and then fifties. Nobody made you do that. Was that you? Nobody made you do that. That was your decision. You could have just picked that whole box set and put them in order of worst to best. No, I know, but my OCD says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's just let's just get into it, okay? Um, my first note. So it starts with a nice wee science lesson, just to explain explain what's going on. 
And then uh, they, I think they explain like how how we get here and how like evol- evolution works. Was so, like creationist Christians must have hated this movie, especially back then when people were more so to believe uh, the word of God. <laughs> also, can you imagine being like a a, a archaeologist and lugging all that these massive cameras through the jungle? No, I can't. so these scientists in the jungle so what we've got here we've got two or three scientists or maybe it's one scientist at this point with these um, Sherpas or whatever you call them indigenous people showing you through the jungle (laughs) and they find uh, a claw coming out of a rock Yep. this big huge perfectly formed skull uh, skeleton hand that's uh, just so so happens to be sticking out this uh, convenient wee hole in the rock and he has to cut it out and then he just, uh, just like, and he just <laughs> knocks it loose and just pulls it out. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Bear in mind, this was when everything could be explained so fucking simply. Like, oh, what? You've got laser guns? Why is that? Oh, aliens gave us them. Cool. And it makes sense. You, you don't need the logic. You don't need to think, well, actually, that archaeological dig would have took months, <laughs> years. It would not be as preserved as well as that. Because... Well, the, the movie's an hour and 16. You can barely watch that. Can you imagine watching it if they also have an hour and a half and I'm doing an archaeological dig to actually find the fucking hand? Well, that's the thing. Even some of the invented montages, like the cinema world just was fucking head <laughs> orgasms everywhere. Like, yes, we've now figured out a way how to explain a lot it's, of time in a short amount of time. Also, the reason it's sticking out at you is because it was filmed in 3D because it's meant to be coming out of the screen. So there's a, bit of a, a level of depth there that you would see the hand maybe before they had seen it. Okay, Again, the same as my argument with every other time, and it'll be the last time I say it in this episode, probably won't be, but I'll just say it now, that you have to put yourself in the shoes of somebody in 1954 watching this for the very first time. When you never, a gill man, a fucking, a a a half man, half fish, what is that, that is, that is foreign to you, that is alien to you, and you're, you're excited about alien things, you're excited about new things that, like fucking science science can't even explain put yourself in those shoes and enjoy enjoy what's in front of you I uh, I find it do you know what actually what I find the hardest thing to do is actually put myself in the shoes of people who don't who didn't have anything like who didn't have the knowledge that I've got right. I find that difficult I thought you um, mean just like, just like put people so at this point, we, we they walk past, they've picked up the big uh, skeleton hand and then they walk past the edge of a river and then the costumed uh, sea creature hand comes out because it's so fucking slow. But I was like, like how, how does the hand know what, like how does the hand know how close it was to grabbing anybody when it's it's not looking? It's not as if it's got eyes in its hand. I but maybe it's looked up before it and you're just seeing the hand. It's like, oh, I'm going do to you think? You. Do you think that's where um, Guillermo del Toro got his idea for one of the the uh, creatures in Pan's Labyrinth with the, the hands in the eyes when you watch this and they thought oh because maybe it's got hands in its hand, eyes in its hands when it sticks its hands out to see because that wee guy was kind of like a fish monster it could have been you know the, all universal monsters are such an influence on Guillermo del Toro uh, obviously we'll get into it later with Shape of Water and stuff that Guillermo del Toro was a fucking massive universal monsters fan he, did, he used to draw pictures of the movies of the characters, and we then gave Shapey Water life was when he was a young boy with Creature from the Black Lagoon. He used to draw the creature and Julie Adams on 
like a what do you call those bikes that are two tandem tandem <laughs> he used to draw them on a tandem bike like eating ice cream and stuff because he always fantasised and wished that they had actually got together a weird <laughs> fucking thing for a kid to wish but he gave his shape of water therefore it's beautiful and it's allowed but yeah Guillermo del Toro was so obsessed with the monsters that there's a very good chance that this has trickled down into Pan's Labyrinth and into everything else that he's done Okay. Um, so then we get our, our main uh, cast, and it's uh, two or three scientists, two kind of young, well, in the 30s scientists and an older scientist, uh, two or three Sherpas, Captain Vasibo, and the woman who's just popped her clogs. Uh, and then they reuse. So, the sp- so disrespectful. She's a beautiful woman, and I am so sorry that she's dead. Sorry, my actual note is uh, is that the bird that's just popped her clogs? <laughs> uh, and we are reusing the same scene of the hand coming out of the water. The exact same scene reused twice within a space of three or four minutes. Most old films have that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, then there was some lovely no, no, no acting. Uh, a big glove hand to the face and then a cutaway death. I really do prefer seeing rather than imagining. Like people say, oh no, but you cut away and then you, your brain does the job. And I think, well, no, because I can imagine some pretty fucked up shit and I'm not phased by it. I need to see some fucked up shit and be like, oh, fuck. But with censorship at the time, there's very little you could get away with actually showing. This is this is another fucking thing as well. Censorship because society, like who who governs the fact that it, it's actually you know what this is all tying in. It was something, and we'll get to it later, Ricky. Right? You've, you've mentioned Shape of Water. I actually happened to watch it yesterday just by chance, and it's going to tie into the end of this episode quite a lot. But there's a part in Shape of Water where um, spoilers. The scientist says, no, you can't kill the big fish man. And the general says, look at this, five stars on my shoulder, I can kill him. I thought, well, who the fuck decides that you can kill Who decides that you're the one that's in charge of anything? Do you know what I mean? Because they, they had caught him as, like, he was their prisoner. So if you if you are uh, in charge of a prison and you have a prisoner, he is yours, essentially. Yeah. Well, I, sorry, I will get to that. My actual point that I was kind of into was who decides what essentially is this? Who, decide, who gives the big fucking crusty old guys in suits the, the right to say what we can and can't watch? But then, who gives them the right to do anything? Why Why do you listen to any government officials? Exactly, we should, don't listen to the government, don't listen <laughs> to any government officials, just don't, don't, don't kill anybody, don't steal and break anybody else's property, but just don't, don't, don't go to your job tomorrow. Don't then, go to your job uh, don't pay your taxes, and then you, if you can deal with the fact that there's you'll be no NHS and no buses uh, and no police and no fire brigade, then don't pay your taxes and just be like, you know what, fuck off. I don't need to listen to you, government. I can uh, just give me this wee bit of land. I, do you know what I'll do? I'll take just say, sell me my land, sell me some land, and I'll buy the land off you. Although money doesn't exist either because that's a fucking propaganda for the government as well. It, just give me a bit of land because you don't own it, so I'll own it. So I'll own this bit of land and you just fuck off and then maybe I'll get a community of maybe like maybe 30, 40 kind of couples, families and then we'll all live there together and we'll be self-sufficient and we'll help each other. We're okay, we won't have Hollywood movies but do you know what? We'll be happy and free. That sounds, free. sounds like such a roundabout way to get that massive couple sex party that you're, <laughs> you're looking for. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, but then who's this... Who's to say that I can't then just come on and go, right, this is now my land? Well, we'll fight for it. Who's going to win that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, right. you sometimes need officials. No, I get it, you need rules, but sometimes you just also need people just to fucking shut up and stop talking <laughs> shite and thinking that everything's dead serious, because they do, that's what they do. 
There's another beautiful thing about the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's it's made you think, Scott. It's made you <laughs> it's made you want to it's made you feel passionate and want to rise up against the government. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I I do also like like Netflix and paying like, your taxes. Pay, well, I don't like paying my taxes, but I, I do I do do it because I do like the trains. Um, now, one of the scientists has a chat about all the creatures in the Amazon growing huge. Now, is that just bullshit, or do you actually get sheep-sized rats? Right enough. You probably do get sheep-sized rats. Mm. Have you ever seen a, like, the sizes fucking anacondas can go to? And I've seen the movie of... Anaconda. <laughs> well, if they, if they can get to the size that they can actually eat Ice Cube <laughs> and Jennifer Lopez. Is it Ice Cube? Is it an anaconda? I cannot remember. No, I don't think it was. It's one of the rappers. Yeah. I'm sure it is Ice Cube. Um... Should we take one second to find out who was right? Now, I said it wasn't, so I've got control over every other rapper. You said it was, and that is all you're getting. <laughs> 1997. And it was Ace Cube, right enough. Well done. Give yourself a round of applause. I know my rappers. Um, so, yeah, you probably could get sheep-sized rats. The creature from the Black Lagoon... The cre- I have no idea why I just said that. The creature from the Black Lagoon idea came to Jack Arnold when he was filming Citizen Kane. Uh, it wasn't Jack Arnold, it was the writer. He was part of, uh, he was in Citizen Kane and he was at a dinner with Orson Welles and was talking to some guy who was telling him this myth about them being half human, half fish, men in the Amazon and that he'd sent folk out to try and find them and that's what gave him the idea for Creature from the Black Lagoon. So you never know, there might still be half fish, half men in the Amazon. Because there's yeah. parts of that that went unexplored. Yeah, I know they say that, and there's you know, or, or like Loch Ness might have Nessie in it, and the Mariana Trench is so big with nobody down it, you never know what's down there. But do you also think like, I, like see when you see when you think about, I can understand why like lions stay in Africa, right? But I don't understand why whales stay in like the North Sea. Like surely the sea is like fucking you just end up anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like where there's no walls in the sea. At least when you're on land, you've got the coast. Ah, oh, but there's. Certain temperatures of the water, and but have you ever seen SpongeBob? <laughs> yes. SpongeBob lives in Bikini Bottom. He's not going to live up the road in Moffat Mills. <laughs> Don't know why that is the name of a place that's underwater. But the the the, the sea is also like land. People have houses. Whales <laughs> 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 live in their houses, so they're not going to go too far away for that. All right. <laughs> um. So. We go back to our scientists uh, who are who really pickaxed off his own feet with some lovely acting from our, from our guys here. Now, I think at this point, I'm trying to follow my notes here, but they already know about the... Yeah, they already know about the fish man at this point. And back at the no, no, no acting I was talking about, that's that's the creature walks into the tent and killed the two Sherpas. Yeah. He just walks in, just kills two Sherpas, and walks back to his water and goes back swimming again. Yeah. Aye, right, okay. Killed him, they bother eh? Aye. Yep, just okay. <laughs> um, well, how do you? How would you kill a fish man? But he's, he's also. Um, this is another thing. This is another trope, right? You've got two scientists, right? Okay, now, okay, they're, they're like 1950s or whatever. Yeah, this is from like the hard men supposed to be like that sucked in uh. fat guy sucked in the stomach, high waisted trousers thing. But they're still supposed to be leading men, right? Uh-huh. You've got this hardened sea captain who's driving the boat, right? Yeah. You've uh-huh. got, and then you've got your other scientist who's just old, but then he's got the wisdom, so he's alive. Then you've got your sexy bird, right? Uh-huh. You have got two or three Sherpas, right? 
You keep calling them Sherpas, but Sherpas are... No, that's the people that help you up the mountains. Aye, but is that not just what you call any indigenous person who helps you, guides you through something? Guides, we'll just call them guides, right? <laughs> so they've got two guides. Now, the trope in movies is that the guides are like red shirts in Star Trek. They will get killed straight away. Mm-hmm. The indigenous people who have lived in this land their whole entire lives, who know it backwards and forwards, are the first people to get killed. And they get killed the easiest. But you get a warning about staying out in the Black Lagoon. Because they, they, they think there's something in there. So they made the guides go in. Obviously the guides have to die because you can't kill off any scientists. If you kill off a scientist, this movie doesn't happen. And none of them are leading men. The leading man and the creature from the Black Lagoon is the creature. And the leading lady is Julie Adams. <laughs> none of, all the other guys are just fodder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, suppose if they kill the scientists, the uh, the guides would just be like... Okay, him. Aye. Obvious, senor. See you later. Where are they from? The Amazon. Uh, I don't know how to do an African accent. I probably should. Where's the Amazon? Holy fuck. <laughs> that is now... The, oh, you have to give us a five or I'm actually keeping that in. The Amazon is in Africa. Where is it? Are you fucking at it? <laughs> are you at it? No, no, I'm not. Where is it? Is it South America? Yes, it's is South it? America. <laughs> oh my... What? Alright. Africa? I don't know why I thought it was in Africa. Oh, so I was right then. Yeah, go back, gringo. Yeah? Mexicans, kind of. Cuban. Brazil. Brazil. Right, okay, fuck me. Right, er. Anyway, so the next scene. I'm definitely keeping that. Because then, no matter what you realise at the end, MJ goes, Oh, I agree with Team Scott. Brilliant. Do you also think the fucking Amazon's in Africa? I'm, I'm open to be corrected, right? I realise that I made a mistake. Oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> uh, so there's a quote. The Black Lagoon. Beautiful. Uh, are you looking at the same stinking swamp that I'm looking at? <laughs> it looks like a beautiful lagoon. Shut up. Lagoon. <laughs> uh, also, I don't believe for a second that that water would be that clear. And also, because the movie is black and white, it looks freezing. <laughs> Absolutely freezing. So... There's a there's you get to see the fishman at this point, and I thought did old I've called it thirties, but you told me it's in the fifties. Did uh, old fifties folks shake themselves with that half a second reveal you get? Probably, eh? Okay. Fucking <laughs> Africa. <laughs> <laughs> it literally but, runs the length of South America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I I mean I've just never needed to know where it is. That that is a that is a. Stupid statement. You, you don't need to know anything, but it sometimes helps to have general knowledge or just knowledge. No, yeah, no, I do. I've got, I've got, I've got a lot of general knowledge. I think I, really, I do really well on the chase, but I just. I don't think you would. No, sometimes I just don't. No. Where is the Amazon? Is like a hundred pound question. Who wants a millionaire? See one of the questions. <laughs> it's like, what color are red shoes? <laughs> a red, B blue, C green, D yellow. Right, cool. There you go. You got a hundred pound. That is what the, the Amazon question is. You would have failed. Chris Tarrant would have looked at you in total disgust. Does he even do Who Wants a Millionaire? It doesn't exist anymore. Jeremy oh, Clarkson done it for like a couple of special runs with celebrities, but it's no, it doesn't exist anymore. You know that, you don't know where the fucking Amazon is. <laughs> Such a no. <laughs> right, there's a couple of scenes that happen here. I've got a kind of crappy note here about a tiny wee knife cutting a plant, but uh, we'll just skim forward to the next day. And I've asked, why the fuck would you just casually go swimming with your pointy tits out in that water? The, she's not got pointy tits that's just the, the way fashion. bathing suits look yeah. at the time yes. Madonna tits yes right, no, but just, I mean I'm just making that because you, they're, they're quite prominent is that for 3D as well they do they could have been they do tell you they do tell 
hard not to go in. But she just no. They don't. They tell her afterwards. They don't tell her beforehand, do they? Or do they just say casually? Just don't don't go swimming in this water. You're in the Amazon. You're in South America. (laughs) You're in South America, and there's big fucking snakes and sheep rats in here. So don't go swimming in that water. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Uh, And there he is, the fish man, swimming after her like a creepy stalking bastard. Well, she's uh, fanning about doing somersaults in the water. He's called the Gill Man. The Gill Man. And it's a beautiful scene because he has spotted her. He could attack her. He could kill her, but. He is interested. He's he's fascinated by her. He wants to know more about her. He wants to follow her. He wants to see where she's going and what she's doing. It is a budding romance. So he's like, roar, sharp, <laughs> that's me supposed to be under the water. I'm <laughs> head. Or I would kill them easily for their uh, crappy clothes and uh, their non-speaking English parts. <laughs> that's better, that's better. That's a brilliant African accent you've got there. Uh, so she's just floating about in the water and he kind of sheepishly touches her feet now, if something touches you in that water, your response is to get quickly get the fuck out of there. Not swim under to have a look to see what you can see. But obviously he swims to the bottom and hides hides among the reeds so he can't be seen. <laughs> oh, man. You're such a fucking right. dick. Now, I like how he was able to come right out of the water and straight up murder the two men. But the minute he's near a bird, he becomes an awkward 90s American teenager. <laughs> because that is what these... Maybe if this was an actual creature, this is what he would do. He's used to... Men being there, like some of the scientists do, where they gun with fucking harpoon guns and they want to kill, they want to attack. So he's attacking first. He's maybe never seen a woman. He's never seen this other humanoid. He's fascinated by her. It's beautiful. Back and watch it. Love it. Appreciate it. Right, no, well, we're going to go on another <laughs> uh, scene. This, the funny thing is, I could watch The Invisible Man and have no problem with the science in that whatsoever and enjoy it and have a great time. This one, I'm I'm questioning every single thing that everybody does. Like you've got um, like how they moved dams and fucking river <laughs> from Africa to South good. America. Uh, <laughs> so the two scientists think like they decide to go after the fishman at this point because uh, they're jealous uh, that that the bird's got to get fucked after the fishman. I don't know if they what, think this is happening. One of them wants to and keep keep the fishman alive, ex- study it, and the other one just wants to get the fuck out of there. And no, the other one wants to kill it. Right. The other one wants to kill it like a fucking trophy. Right. And keep it as a trophy. The other one wants to actually learn from this creature the way scientists should do. Okay. But obviously, the other guy is the bad guy. He wants to just go in there, wipe it out. Which is probably, to be perfectly fair, probably the sensible thing to do. Like, I mean, see, really, like, like just talking candidly here, right? Now, I'm not saying that I would do this or <laughs> we should do this, but, like, I mean, is the world really going to end if we don't have any rhinos or elephants anymore? Uh, like I understand we can't kill bees but you know what I mean if, do you know what I mean so like oh, that's, oh we need to make these reservations and preserve these animals because they're going to die like pandas pandas won't fuck each other and they can't have babies and we force them we make pandas rape each other so we can get panda babies what if they just don't want to what if they want to be extinct if you stop them from happening we actually stop them evolution itself by forcing it to exist but how fucking sad is a world that you're buying your kids up in to the point that you go Oh, that's a rhino. Those used to exist. That's an elephant. Those used to exist. That's a dinosaur. Those Those used to exist. Stuff goes extinct. No, but right now, the way it's going, there will be a lot extinct, so you're then showing these big, giant, beautiful creatures in books and drawings rather than having a chance to go and see them. 
and like some of the safaris. I don't know where the safaris are, Scott. Where, where, where the safaris have <laughs> fucking Newton Merns, <laughs> Newcastle. Well, I, some safaris in Glasgow. Eh, no. So yeah, two scientists decide to go after it. They strap on their um, their big, massive uh, scuba tanks. Uh, no, no wetsuit. I don't think they had wetsuits back then. Just shorts and a scuba tank. They call it skin diving. Skin diving. So they go skin diving. I think there's there's other things that we call skin diving as well. That's what she wants to do with that fish. Um, <laughs> But you imagine, I just can't imagine that carrying all that equipment underwater just seems so difficult and challenging. I mean, that's not our criticism of this movie. That's just the way it was back then. So I'm just yeah, yeah. making an observation. But the fish man, he's very human. He's human in his reactions. However, I'm just I'm just wondering, he can kill two jungle guides who would be hard as fucking nails, but he fears two scientists chasing him in his own territory. He killed the jungle guides... On the back foot, they weren't sitting there. On the back foot, gun. he walked in at two mile an hour and slowly <laughs> grabbed them by the face. Right, you go and try and suffocate somebody with your hand. They can breathe through the gaps in your fingers. Do you know why you can't breathe through the gaps in the fingers with the gill man? Because it's webbed. That is a total <laughs> fucking seal over your face. You can't breathe. It kills you. Celebrity deathmatch. Scott versus gill man. Gill man wins. It suffocates you. He's better not if I see him coming because he's so slow at walking. And so are your zombies that you like in George A. Romero movies? Aye, because there's millions of zombies. There's only one fish man. But there's millions of slow walking zombies. Yes. That have. How many times do I need to say it? If you had, if you had ten thousand zombies coming at you up one street, and you think, well, fuck that, I'll need to that's come. Some, that's some size of fucking street. Aye, exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. This. If you had, if you had the whole population of Glasgow turned into a zombie, except maybe like five years that were surviving, you're in the city centre, okay? You're standing at Central Station and. 10,000 zombies are coming up Pope Street. You'd be like, fuck that, man. I need to go across Gordon Street. Oh, fuck, there's another 5,000. Oh, I'm boxed in. No, I'm fucked. I'd just climb up a drain pipe into the, onto the canopy at the central station. I'd just sit there because they exactly. can't climb it. So then you're dying. So No. Die? No. Yeah? I'm not dying. What you got to do? You got to give me some bullshit about how you would jump off an elbow drop every one of them? Exactly. Yes. Because you don't, <laughs> people don't know how they would react in situations until they're actually in the situations. But if you've just got to walk at a brisk pace to get away from them, but they're always always there and they never stop and never sleep right anyway back to Fishman Gilman Gilman sorry uh, so they they put in some rat poison to kill all the fish or something and think that it'll kill the Fishman too or sorry Gilman as well yes but it just kills all the fish which is actually a method of fishing aye yeah well yeah <laughs> a legal method of fishing now, they, yeah, now they, not in the 50s they make a quote and it says uh, we've only just touched the space and I think that's also crazy fascinating as well. Like it also makes you sceptical how little have actually like come in the space race as opposed to everything else. Like looking back to the fifties, looking at the cars, the technology, even like the simple act of scuba diving. Look how far forward we've came in nearly everything except space. Well, I'd say we're still quite far. Bear in mind we've now got two fucking probes out in a interstellar space. Right, just because the because they've been going since the fifties. Aye, but they still sending, well, maybe not sending back information. Uh, we still know way more than we ever did. But ridiculous amounts more than we knew in the 50s. I think the space race thing, it's probably uh, held off because there's nothing else to see that we don't already know in our immediate galaxy. Is it a galaxy? I don't know much about space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know as much about space as no, you know uh, about fucking solar, rivers in the world. Solar, solar system, I'd say, um, the galaxy, there's millions still to discover. Um, so, 
they, somebody says this at some point, I don't know if it's speaking to the women or speaking to the two guys, but somebody says, it's foolish to go out there. Now, that is the most sensible thing that has been said this entire movie. This episode is one of the, see that meme that you posted a few weeks ago, where it's the closest you get to being a ghost is listening to a podcast, yeah. knowing the fact that they two are trying to think about yeah. it. This episode is that. <laughs> There's so many ghosts out there that are screaming at this for us to shut the fuck up because we know nothing. So I apologise. <laughs> um, so, but again, realistically, this I'm just reading my notes for a bit and you just know how I work. Realistically, that thing would kill them all instantly in that water, like a croc or a shark. Yes. Yes, okay. Um, but he swims away under the water. Oh, look, he's got a wee cave house. <laughs> he's got to live somewhere, isn't he? <laughs> He's I fascinated. Think he, I think he's so he stole her into the cave house. Is that when we see the cave house first when he when he steals her into the cave house? That's quite near the end. Are you quite near the end of your notes? Um possibly, I don't know. No? Aye. Aye. Yeah, well aye. He has a he has a cave. It's not a cave house. It's no it's not like get pictures up in the wall. <laughs> like a little gill boy and gill woman. So It's meant to be the that the creature is just as scared as is we are of it. It's fascinated by us the way scientists are fascinated by it it's meant to be a kind of duality thing the the um i mean the, the creature I, I should have had notes i don't know if i did have notes last, but the creature is actually kind of cool the costume and that because you get to see him fully standing out so but does he so i'm assuming he can breathe outside the water yeah yeah he's, because well he doesn't really breathe well he just kind of goes his whole body is made up of gills and he's half man half fish so he'll have certain humanoid breathing apparatus in his body. Uh, the costume, just before you mention it, is there's a whole kind of feminist thing about it. It was designed by a lady named Millicent Patrick. She was the first ever female animator at Disney. Okay. Uh, she designed, uh, had a lot to do with designing the creatures from It Came From Outer Space, from This Island Earth and the Mole People. And just before this came out, she did a tour promoting it, and they were calling her like the, the the beauty who created the beast. But the guy who was head of the makeup department, like the Tom Savini, his, his name was Bud Westmore. Was fucking raging that this woman was taking credit. She wasn't taking credit every time that she would do interviews. She was talking, saying, "No, it was a team thing. Like we did sketches, they had ideas, we put them together. That's how it came." This Bud Westmore guy was like, "No, it's only my name that should be mentioned. It was my fucking idea." Really kicked up fuck way Universal. The executives, like, there's letters saying that he was acting really childish, but he swore he would never use her again as a sketch artist. And that's that her career just done. Just because this guy went, no, fuck it, well, a woman can't, can't claim this, it was me. It's so mental that, that people thought like that, but it's so mental that people think like that now that, like, see, if, if, you, if we're watching something at all, a movie, and it's somebody says, this was written by a woman or directed by a woman, or this, um, you know, this food was cooked by a woman, or this clothes was made by a woman, I'd be like, aye, okay, I yeah. like it, that's just, <laughs> I mean, I don't honestly have get no problems, or this, uh, the company that makes your car was is headed by a woman, I'd be like, well, fine, that's fine, as long as everything's fine. I don't, I think the women can do absolutely everything the same as men, except be comedians. Be... <laughs> I am not. I am. I'm like, that's a sore point. I know that's a sore point. I know that's a sore point. I, I, I kid. I, I, I uh, joke. I joke. I joke. I am not taking that bit. Uh, but back in the 50s, this, this guy was so fucking raging that this would ever lie at the feet of a woman because, well, it wasn't it her. It was him. He actually had fuck all to do with it, to yeah. be honest. 
it was her, but it's only she then kind of she didn't do a whole lot of makeup after that. She had a few uncredited parts in movies again, probably because she was a woman. She was in parts that they were like, "Well, okay, you don't really need to do much. She's not a leading lady. Nobody cares about the woman." And there's a book coming out in March, which I actually can't wait to read. It's written by Mallory Omiara, and it's available now to pre-order on Amazon, which I already have. And it's all about. Uh, Millicent Patrick's life and I think it it sounds fascinating and I can't believe that just one fucking cock hard guy can ruin somebody's career somebody who gave us although you don't appreciate it but who gave us the girl man that's like imagine Tom Savini doing his first fucking zombie movie and somebody went no no no, no you're that wasn't you done that that was me actually it wasn't me it was me no, fuck it, I'm never hiring you again. And Tom Savini, his career never takes off. And yes. we don't get the shit from Tom Savini that we then got in later in his career. Imagine the things that this woman can have done. It's fucking fascinating. Well, we'll never know. We will never know because she's also dead because <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, now, as much as I was just saying that I do like the costume, when he gets up and stands out the water, it, it looks quite ridiculous. He's just stunning there. But that was handmade from fucking yeah. rubber and foam. How long was that boy had to be in that? Is it like so when he when he put that on in the morning, he was in that until they finished the end of that day. They, there was a different actor for the dry land and an actor for the swimming. The swimming guy played the creature in all the creature movies. So Revenge of the Creature. Well, there's more than one. Yeah, the creature walks along as. Revenge of the Creatures is the second one. The Creature Walks Among Us is... Tell me the, the Creature Walks no. Among Us. He puts on a suit in a top hat. Yeah, oh, you know you all, please. I swear to God, at one point he is in a suit. Does he go and look at a job in the city? He is in a suit. He was much smaller, whereas the guy who played him on Dryland is a different actor in all three films. But he was like fucking six foot four or six foot five to give the impression that this is a big monster. Whereas the guy who was wearing the suit Obviously, underwater had to be really competent at swimming with this fucking heavy rubber latex suit on. And, yeah, I think it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to pick the creature walks among us <laughs> now. <laughs> Why are all these old monsters all rapey bastards? Or is that just a sign of the times? The... Because they didn't think they were rapists back then. They were just like, if I, just, if I tell a woman I like her, or if I say I like you, that's enough because she should be you know, she should just gasp and fall the ground. My legs to me. Whoa! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Take that, take that back. Honestly, I edit that. That's that's disgusting way to put it. Um, she should just uh, juice up and be ripe and ready. That's what I meant. So that's better. The I don't know any of the Universal monsters that are rapey. Uh, the fish man's rapey. He's not rapey. Uh, Invisible Man's man. rapey. Is he, Invisible Man or rapey? Invisible Man. Yeah, okay. Invisible Man gets a wee bit rapey. Not as rapey as Kevin Bacon gets in Hollow Man. Exactly, but it's the same idea. It's the same story uh, taking forward. I bet you Dracula's got to be rapey. I bet you the Dracula, man's rapey. Dracula is not rapey. Dracula is alluring and can lure women in, but it's the women that want it. That's... <laughs> <laughs> It's the women that they are. This is why a lot of people get in trouble these days yeah. for that exact so, uh, way of thinking. The women are caught up in the, the allure of Dracula. Frankenstein wasn't rapey. He was again misunderstood and wanted to learn more about him. Gilman is watching her from afar. Gilman probably wants to love her, not in a rapey way. The people that are rapey in all these movies are the actual humans because 
the guys that are looking like, oh, she's with him, or she's fucking with me and that, the woman doesn't get a choice. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That, so it's the actual human characters that are rapey, not the monsters. That's why Guillermo del Toro is such a, a, a fascination, an obsession, a love, and a passion for these films because it's, he's obviously a kid growing up being bullied, if he ever, maybe he wasn't, I, I'd, I'd assume it would be if he's got a love for horror films the way most of us do. You grow up watching these things because they are misunderstood characters or creatures the way that you feel misunderstood in life. And that's where, I think that's where the beauty of the monsters. Yes, they're monsters. Yes, they're, they're made to be scary. They're different, but they are more compassionate and they are closer to being better humans than actual humans are. Hmm. Fucking start appreciating Universal Monsters with a punch in the dick. <laughs> the, uh, so he's captured the lassie in his cave house and she gets away and they say, He could have killed you. And I was like, Nah, he just wants to ram his fish dick into you. <laughs> Although, uh, fish don't bang, they just jizz on top of each other's jizz. So, about half men, half fish would probably jizz. I know they jizz, they just don't have a dick. Yeah, but they probably. Because the woman just goes up, sparks all the eggs, and then the man fish just goes. Spurs his jizz all over the eggs, and then well, that's just how it works. Now that you've seen Shape of Water, you know that that's not true. Well, see, that's a, that's another thing. Like that's just she should just commit like cover up splooge. <laughs> we didn't do any, just erupted. That didn't work. Maybe she did it yet. So because she just like to fap herself anyway, so she's no use to getting anything rammed up. So anyway, <laughs> right. So uh, so I think they're just talking or whatever. They're back in the boat, and the creature just jumps on the boat like ta da. <laughs> Then he gets away. Imagine how scary that is at the time, though. He gets away. <laughs> uh, he gets off the boat. I don't know if they try and shoot him or whatever they try and do. And they say, one of the scientists and a couple of them say, right, let's just get the fuck out of here. Like, well, why are we staying for this, like, putting ourselves in danger? But there's always one scientist that wants to stay for the, for the, for the fucking work. Idiots. They're actually blocked in the lagoon. That's no, why they yeah, can't escape. We, we do yeah, find yeah, that yeah. out. Um, <laughs> and then you turn we see the back of the boat and the fish has just punched fuck out the dinghy. <laughs> and it's just smashed the bits. Now, wh- how... How strong is he supposed to be? Because it's quite inconsistent, I think, with his level of strength throughout this movie. Eh, I don't know. I would assume he's he's strong. He's a he's a creature that survived in the African Amazon, so he's he's got to be <laughs> he's got to be strong. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. So they, uh, they 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 make up a story to try and lure the fishman back. I think they figured out that he's put a big tree in front of their way out the the lagoon, right. so they're stuck. And. Uh, like I'm assuming it's like a big swamp, so they can't just sail out the side and it's a lagoon walk, walk away. <laughs> but it's got an edge. Aye, it's, it's got an edge, but you can't you can't drive your boat over the edge because it's dry land. Right. Um, Think about it. See the blue lagoon being a chip, uh, being a chip shop. Aye. Imagine you've went into the blue lagoon and somebody's put a tree over the door. You can't get out. Mark is a fucking loony. He's one of the scientists, and he, he's like saying, right, I'll be the bait. You're like, you're a fucking screwless, man. So it's it's kind of, I felt it's kind of like your home invasion theory again. Because they keep getting into the water, which is the fish's home, and like, try to kill it. So he's technically within his rights to attack them back. Because he's a misunderstood character that's been put <laughs> against the wall and been forced to act and act in a violent and aggressive way to protect himself. So he kills Mark. <laughs> Uh, Dead Mark's actually quite creepy looking though for the time. Uh-huh. It looked pretty good. They actually good. killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but now I've got a question. Why back then did women always take like 10 minutes after seeing something to scream? They'll look at it and they go, 
And then they scream. I was going to scream there, but it'd probably like brew in your speakers in your ears. Big. Remember Attack of the Map Monsters? Yeah. When they have that kind of whole scene where she's got to scream and they've got to really take deep breaths in, the scream really means something. The scream. Like, there's, there's female actors around this time that were only used for their scream. Like, the actual acting was maybe pretty shit, but their scream was good. Right. So, it's not like they're, they're taking a while to take it in, it's because the scream has got to happen with nothing else interrupting it. The scream is such a, a focal point of that fear because so when you're in the cinema and you hear that woman scream, you haven't seen a lot of this stuff, so you are. And that you you feel her scream. It's fucking loud. It's and you're lost in it. So the scream has got to be on its own. So that all the guys watching will be like, oh, she needs help. I need, I'll protect her. And all yes. the women says, oh my god, I need a man to protect me. In the fifties. Yes. yes. Okay. Um. So again, I've, I've, this is the note I was looking for earlier on. The expanding neck and gills is quite good costume-wise. And this is when he takes her into the the uh, wee house cave. This is the, this is actually the end of Kaiser in. I was like, now he has her in his rape cave, got a jizz all over it. <laughs> and I'm like, how can there only be two minutes left in this movie? Like, that doesn't appear time enough for a resolution and credits. And then there's a fucking some weird bat. <laughs> like, with this the battle of it. <laughs> That's neither here nor there, So then uh, they get the woman back, and then they, I think they, they keep shooting it, they're shooting it or whatever, and then they go, no, no more, let him go. I'm like, why? Just fucking kill it. Because, obviously, once these films, they started going in a sequels, the, the sequels are still doing well for Universal. The, there's, like, th- kind of three sequels of each movie, each monster, that they knew this, well, they anticipated that this was going to do really well because the sci-fi thing was absolutely booming in the 50s. So if they killed them there... It's way harder to bring them back in the sequel. Bear in mind, these movies were getting made like two weeks apart at times. Yeah. Could they, or, so, or do you think it was more in the case of like, oh, we've spent a lot of time in this costume, let's make another one? Yeah. Do you think that you could have, if you made another Fishman movie, that they could have been like, oh, there was just more than one Fishman? Or do you think people like, ah, oh, it's not the same Fishman? Because you're meant to kind of know the character, form a bond with that, you are you're going back to see the next Creature movie because of your fondness for the Creature, not because not your fondness for fish people in general. So you wouldn't you wouldn't go see a second Frankenstein movie that's not Frankenstein's monster. It's actually just some other monster somebody else has created because it's then the, the, the bond that you've created with that character in the first film carries you on and makes you want to go and want to invest in a sequel yeah so if there was multiple fish men yeah I think you, you then I, the mole people movie there's so many of them that you couldn't then go oh here's here's a sequel where it's Dan the mole person and then the third one is Stephen the mole person yeah it's got to be it's the it's this singular character that you're invested in alright and then the movie ends now I realise this is one of the things that I keep forgetting about old-timey movies. The credits are all at the start. Yep. When did that... This is a movie trivia. Maybe... I mean... Maybe I wish you stop asking me questions on the spot. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody listening knows the answer to this. When did they flip it around and put the credits at the end? And who, what was the first movie that done it? And people thought, what the fuck? Because, I mean, imagine you're usually going in, oh, the movie's going to start 
Oh, it's alright if we're late because there's usually um, 10 minutes of credits at the start of the movie and then they just come out something, just boom, the movie starts. You'd be like, fuck me. I did, and then he's like, oh, yes, the film's finished. Now I can leave and without reading every single person's name involved in this shit because really, as much as a lot of people should care, the only people that you care about who's in it is the actors. Yeah. Really. The, 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 the majority of film goes. I think it was late 60s. Possibly early 70s. And I'm only saying that because I'm still going through the Zatoichi collection and Zatoichi 6 or 7. Like Zatoichi 7, it flips to actually having credits at the end. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time that had happened uh, in, that, in that series. Yeah. So I'm thinking it was late 60s or 70s. So I wonder, I wonder if it was the first movie to do it. I wonder the reason they'd done it. Like I wonder if it was for impact in the movie. I wonder what that impact's like. I wonder the start of that movie's actually like. And I wonder how long it took to take off. Because like, obviously there's still be movies getting made the opposite way until eventually the people are like, right, that's just how we do it now. Well, look at with the lady that developed the monster. The, the guy wanted all the credit for it. So... Obviously, at this time, there's just a certain amount of people wanted credit for everything in the movie. The main actors, the director, the producer. You're fucking... All your wee, your runners, your grips, all of them didn't get a look in. Obviously, after the first movie done it, maybe then they were like, well, well, cool, I'm going to get a credit on this. And then getting a credit in a film became a massive no, part of it. Not just working in the magic of cinema, actually earning credits yeah. and getting your... Your card, or whatever yeah. the, the fucking loyalty card is you get as an actor. I never got it on done one movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you want my final summation? No. No? Well, you're <laughs> going to get it. Uh, I'm not going to lie, not even close to the Invisible Man. Everyone moved so fucking slow, and the black and white made it look freezing, and I don't like cold water. The costume was good, I'll give it that. Three sucked in belly men out of five. Three's not bad for how much you were really wanting to slate it. Kind of... It's nonplussed. Well, three would be like it. Nah, I was like, nah, three's meh to me. I was like, it was alright, it was good, and I appreciate the different parts, but I appreciate the costume, and I appreciate the, the idea of it, and it, you know, but it was just too slow. But then that's just how getting accustomed to modern day works, because in real life, if there was a fish man, he would swim about as fast as fuck, and he would, if he could go in the water, in the land, he would probably be quite fast up there as well. But in movies, when you've got no special effects, it's really such to speed anything up or other than, you know, what's kind of practical and what you can do in terms of making people look superhuman is difficult, was difficult back then. So, because um, you've, you've really just got a guy in a suit swimming about, you know, uh-huh. you can't, people can't swim as fast as fish. That's just, you know, you just need to deal with it. That's just <laughs> the way it is. Um, There's going to be one guy out there now that's just heard that and he's crushed because <laughs> his entire life has been spent wanting to swim as fast as a fish and you've just crushed his yeah. jeans. Michael Phelps, so if you're listening, don't quit the Olympics just yet, mate. I honestly think <laughs> pretty good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to look at it and say, like, that would be scary. And I, I don't ever want to be the dick that says, oh, if I was there, I would just uh, kick him in the balls and run away man, or walk fast away, you know, and like, because yeah. those people are dicks. At but, least at least that's... Because I think at the very start, when we didn't know Sferatu, I think that is the type of thing that you would have said. That you would just kick him in the dick. <laughs> well, it's like if now we're on these movies, I'm glad that they're sounding them, like talking in them, because uh-huh. that makes a big difference. I can kind of deal with the black and white. The fa- with the fifties, when I was thinking about it, I thought, right, what are we going to do? Because Invisible Man obviously peaked for you. Fifties, you've got the start of the fifties where it's black and white, and then you've got later in the fifties where it's like House and Haunted Hill. It's in colour. 
we already have done the original House in Haunted Hill, so I don't want to do that. House of Wax would have been a good shout, but because I love Universal Monsters so much, I was like, no, I need to, I need to have one more go at getting you to appreciate that. And I'm sad that it's not worked. Really sad that it's not worked. Glad that you watched Shape of Water, though. I'm glad that you didn't w- watch that. We'll find out your opinion. I fucking love that. I guess it's a beautiful movie. But I do think you've done the right thing where it's probably better to watch Creature from the Black Lagoon and see where a lot of the inspirations came from. I do think that old black and white horror, apart from the very, very odd one, like The Invisible Man, is not up your street. I think I'm now pissing up, pissing into the wind, trying to get you to like them. How far back does old time movies go? Because there's two old time movies that fucking terrify me, and I've only ever watched them once. And I don't know if, if it's up the street of, of the podcast that I should be picking these movies, or you should be picking these movies, because in terms of, I do prefer modern horror better. I love the camera techniques and how we eat. And like, I, I don't hate, I hate crap, unearned jump scares, and I hate crap CGI, but for the most part I love the soundtracks of modern horrors and I love the way that you, they can properly scare you the supernatural stuff and that but there are two old movies possibly from the 60s maybe 70s I'm not sure fucking terrifying I'm keeping quiet I'll just uh, I'll, I'll talk to you off here to see if it's worth it that I pick them or whether you pick them because I was also going to do for this for the 50s Rear Window just but it's not really a horror but it just is a fucking amazing movie I thought that will definitely win you over, but at yeah, the end, but, be, I mean, be then that's the monsters. Yeah, because and I, I know we, we had uh, we allowed me to pick in Bruges because I was trying to blur the lines of what actual horror is. Uh, see, because like Real Window Hitchcock was not suspense. It's not like psycho psycho horror. Yes, is it? I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? This is just difficult to <laughs> figure out. Psycho is definitely a horror, but Real Window isn't. Rear window. I've not seen Rear Window, so I don't know. Rear I've not actually seen Psycho either. I just, I just know what it's about. Good, because I'm going to then fucking pick Psycho <laughs> next, because it's the 60s, 1960. <laughs> right in the cusp. Well done. Uh, yes. Uh, Rear Window is in my top five films of all time. Really? Yeah, it's a brilliant film. I, I do think you'll really enjoy it. I think you should just watch it, not for this, because I'd hate for you to watch it and not like it just because you're trying to fit it into this like the kind uh-huh. of horror, like in horror, getting scared by it. Rear Windows is a tense thriller. It's not... It probably has horror elements. I fucking hate that phrase. <laughs> it probably does have... Or it will definitely have horror elements, but I don't think it comes under the the same umbrella as these other horrors that we've been doing. So, for the 60s, I don't know if I'm going to do 60s, 70s, 80s now because I think it's it's wasted. I'll still keep picking old movies, but I think it's going to need to be more modern for you to appreciate them. Well, I don't mean appreciate them as if you're a dick for... Well, you are a dick for not appreciating it, but I get that there's just some things that are for people and some things that aren't. There's a lot of Insidious, Annabelle, all those current movies I do not give a fuck about. I wouldn't go see it. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't rent it. Uh, I literally could not care less about Insidious 5, Insidious 6. I don't care about that type of modern Really? Horror. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really, I just don't give a fuck about that. That Like, 
it's not fair to say Blumhouse because Blumhouse has got some excellent things, but I'm not. I don't care about that type of horror. I prefer the old stuff. I can still appreciate when the new stuff's good, but I think the the journey down black and white horror has run its course, which right. is very sad, and I'm I'm really upset about that. Well, that I'm definitely going your, to burn you and your, your dog. Your picks, your picks <laughs> are, are as always is your decision. I have no influence over your picks whatsoever. However, let's get back to the episode at hand, The Shape of Water. Now, I watched it last night, and I watched it last night just by chance because we were originally supposed to record last night, um, and we moved it to today. And I just sat in. Um, Lauren's away to work; she's night shift, and it was three minutes past eight. And I looked on the, the movie channels. Shape of Water just started at eight o'clock. So, right, fuck it, let's go for it. Watched it. And it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, some really good performances. Uh, Michael Shannon. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Uh, fantastic. He's really good. He plays that character and everything. No, yeah. I think he is just a bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very possibly. Um, the main lassie, the, the mute, is kind of strange. Like, I don't want to comment on, say, like, looks or whatever. Like, that's how you would judge a person. But she's quite, like, you say plain. You know, it's like, yeah. that's how a cat's supposed to be. However, she is fucking horny as fuck. <laughs> she's just fapping off in the water. She's, like, literally upset and she's boiling eggs. She's setting her time. You eat boiling egg for, what, five to seven minutes at most if you like a hard-boiled egg. And she's in a bath. Fuff. Well, way she's going. Well. Spilling the water everywhere as well to, be, to, to start. And that's not to begin with. I'd fucking hate to be our landlord as movie <laughs> transpires and you see what she fucking does. Which, again, is physically impossible. However. But again, it's a Glenmo del Toro movie. It's... It's reality and fantasy and it combines into a world that you are taking on a journey on and by the end of it you're like that was fucking beautiful okay certain bits it can't happen in real life like a, a fish way is unfolding dick fucking yeah you also don't see the unfolding dick you just see his uh, fake like Kendall mound um, and then she makes she, she then tells her pal at work that he's got a dick and then she's like ooh <laughs> Chad, <laughs> something like that, you know, something stereotypical, and uh, and then actually she just bangs him, but she gets she properly like he she just she can't speak. It's a fish man. It's a fucking fish man, right? It's a fish man, and it looks like fish man for the the creature for the black lagoon, right? So he's clear inspiration, almost as if it's as supposed to be that creature, as if he's taking he's taking that film and saying this is. It did say that they were uh, they were trekking through Africa and they found them in the, <laughs> the <rivers. laughs> yeah, very good. now the thing is because obviously they tried to do Universal Monsters and uh, now and they made the Tom Cruise Mummy movie which I haven't seen which was an action film which I don't understand why they did it I don't know who was sitting at that table and said yep that's yeah. what to do when you had um, the, the, the shape of water like the idea come out. that's easy easy to be done like you could stamp Universal Monsters on that and say it's, this is us beginning again the fact that you think that is bittersweet <laughs> and it's beautiful that you can you can see that now whoever it was that commissioned the Tom Cruise mummy I hope is now dead <laughs> if you're listening I hope you are dead uh, but it's that and also a cure for wellness I think the end of a cure for wellness would be a fucking incredible way to go into a modern universal monster because, uh, spoiler alert, the bit at the end where there's this kind of actual monster and he's underground and there's a face-off, that works, that's the way Universal Monsters should be, Shape of Water, a million percent would be a Universal Monster movie, but there's not a whole body horror in it, 
So I think Universal probably won. The gothic horror elements, but Universal, if Universal want horror, then why did they make the money? Because stamp on it? they probably thought there was certain bits in that that were scary, but the action bit way overpowered any fear elements. Yeah. And also, I think Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise had probably a lot to do with that. Yeah. But you don't, you don't believe him as a fucking action hero when he's three foot nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The 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 back to the fish fucking. Um. She gets naked quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> uh, there's some, there's some scenes in it, like towards the end, where she kind of teaches them sign language. For like, it's pretty cool that the fish learns how to do sign language pretty quickly. Basically, it just says one eggs can I fill your boobs. That's like <laughs> pretty much what it says. And then she's like, initially she runs away, but then she's like goes and takes up all her clothes and jumps in the shower room. I'm not married, but I like to think that that's how my life is. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a really good scene where she has a kind of fantasy or it's like it cuts to like a black and white dance scene where she's dancing with the fishman and it's it is like you say it's beautiful it totally fits in with the whole fairy tale like Guillermo del Toro's idea of making fairy tales in these movies gothic dark fairy tales that really really does work it's it probably got it definitely got the recognition it deserved because it was an Oscar winner and all the rest of it um I thought it was alright um maybe I won't probably I probably won't buy it I might not watch it again in a hurry unless Lauren's got any Really couldn't you see it? That's alright. I think I find that so strange. I, I think it's a five out of five movie. Any did, day oh, week. did they explain why she's a fish person as well? Like right. that's the bit that's. But un- they talk about it during it because she gets. Uh, she's like, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure she's an orphan, and you see the scars. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously the girls. So it is kind of hinted at throughout it that she is, but yeah. in some way. Part fish. Oh. I, I, I always think the movie's fucking beautiful. We'll never do it in the podcast because I couldn't. It would just it's this not... movie again, wouldn't it? Only we just talk about how she can flood a bathroom, to, like fill, <laughs> fill it up, and she's like, that is just, I don't care how many fairy tales you're in, that's just not happening. There's no way. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's not a horror, it's a beautiful movie, and I, I don't think it's up for criticism about whether the movie's <laughs> good or not because it fucking is. Okay. I don't respect anybody that thinks it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're playing around motions now. There's up and down. I really like that you you see it as a universal ho- uh, universal monster movie. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, the creatures the the creatures just looks exactly the same. But I don't know. Maybe in fact, probably because if Guillermo del Toro done it through Universal, he would have had far less say in that movie. And Shape of Water was his fucking baby. He had the control of everything, and that's why it's as good. If Universal, the way Universal is now, had a hand in it, it wouldn't have been as good. They would have had to fucking shoehorn Tom Cruise or some shit in it mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And Glenn O'Toole have done the right thing by, do you know what? No. Maybe. They should. Universal should be going, here you go. You take the Universal Monster Legacy and you bring it to today. Thing is, what's left? say nothing. Now, they fucked up the mummy. They've, you can say you've got a good... Uh, Take on the mon- uh, the the creature movie by uh, Shape of Water. You, I mean, who's going to touch a Dracula movie? You've got a million and one Draculas. Aye, there. they'll not they'll not do Dracula. Frankenstein, that's what you want to see then, isn't it? Franken- no? Frankenstein, I don't think they could do. There's only so much you can do with a Frankenstein Story. idea because yeah. it is obviously based. Tr- well, they tried it not that long ago and right. they tried to make it, and it was like shit. He was a superhero. It's as it based on the the Mary Shelley book. There's no. There's no a whole lot of pass you can take that. 
Invisible Man they're apparently they're going to do idea. which could be good if they stay away from the, the Kevin Bacon Hollow Man <laughs> I get invisible and I will rape everything that walks in front of me <laughs> and you'll watch me rape them <laughs> uh, you could also they did do the Wolfman remake oh, yeah, the Wolfman, with yeah. Benicio Del Toro which was actually really good I enjoyed it you could what the Phantom of the Opera Phantom of the Opera is been done. The, actually, the best Phantom Opera wasn't even part of the Universal Monsters. It was part of Universal, but it was way before the Universal Monsters. It was the original Lon Chaney mm. one. The one that's part of that collection isn't actually the best Phantom of the Opera. I think they could remake Bride of Frankenstein in a modern way with some of the kind of dark humour in it and make it a really fucking good film. Like Patrick? Kind of. Mm, maybe. Or Frank and Hooker, if you go back a wee bit further. It's the same idea, is it not? Aye. It wouldn't be as trashy as that. Obviously, I don't want to remake Brady Frankenstein. Do something new. I'd prefer it if they did a Universal Monsters relaunch with new monsters. And the same, the same fucking gothic, romantic ilk of the old universe monsters but do something new you don't need Frankenstein's been done a hundred times Dracula's been done a hundred times the mummy's been done a hundred times just let's do let's do something new Cure for Wellness that was a a monster there that is a fucking brand new thing if if they delved into that rather than the I loved the movie but the tours before it if you started out with him being that monster that's that's a fascinating way you could go do you ever think? Do you ever like look at things? And say, how do you how do you invent a new idea? Like, do you ever think of that? Like I like I just like invent a new idea. Like, you say you need to invent new monsters. And I'd be like, how the fuck do you do that? I, I can't do that. Like I watch, I quite like watching MasterChef. And I think on invention tests, and I'm with. Oh, see the times when you get an, an episode where the contestant walks in and looks at his five ingredients and he just goes, uh, "What?" <laughs> that's what I'm like all the time. I can't think of new ideas. But that's why you're not in Hollywood writing for movies or writing books. And that's the thing though, but see some of the shit that people churn out, you think, nicking the people that sit in these desks. You just literally just sit and think and go, right, uh, he's a monster, right, what is he? He's, he's half man, half dog. Uh, he has the loyalty of a dog, so people like him, but he's also got the ferociousness of a rabid dog. <laughs> How do we handle that? And then go from there. So you've got Wolf Cop, he's a werewolf maybe. I never made him a fucking cop. <laughs> There's no room for law in Universal Monsters. <laughs> anyway, hopefully with the Invisible Man, hopefully they do something good and not <laughs> not rapey. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the Me Too world anyway. You can't make rapey movies anymore. Good. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying it. Uh, so I, Creature from the Black Lagoon, I obviously give it a five. Four and a half, actually. Four and a half. It's not my. It's definitely not my favourite yeah. Universal Monsters, but it's very good. And maybe if you go back and revisit it at one point in the next ten years, you'll maybe appreciate it more. Maybe. maybe. But I think I think we've we've came to the the end of your journey where you're just going to have to go through life thinking that Amazon was in Africa and <laughs> the only good horrors are fucking new ones. Yep. Well, scumbag. <laughs> Uh, so we'll take a short break and we'll be back to close out the show. 
Hi, all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney, and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So, thank you very much for listening. That was episode 88. Uh, again, we apologise we weren't here in your ear pussies last week. <laughs> <laughs> or ear arseholes. Do I depend on just, which way? Just ear holes. Which way you enjoy it. Uh, or ear mouths. Ear mouths. That made me think there. <laughs> so sorry we weren't there last week. We just life gets busy and all that. We were being romantic, smooth motherfuckers. Mm. And hopefully life won't get in the way again. If it does, fucking so be it. Deal with it. <laughs> we'll be back next week with episode 89. I cannot believe we're at 89. I know. That's that's wild. That also means there's well over 89 hours of us talking shit out there. Yeah. That we can't take back. Yeah. That's a scary thing. You better hope you never get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> so many skeletons in my closet. Or, or managing female comedians. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much for listening. The download numbers have been great. The interaction in the Facebook group has been great. How is it on Twitter? All right? Yeah, it's good. Decent. Yeah, yeah so uh, good uh, talking back and forth as always. I like to talk to celebrities on there. I talked to um, Ben Shepard the other day. They're on my personal account, and he um, kind of gave me a row, So, why? <laughs> Who is Ben? Is Ben Shepard? Ben Shepard yeah, the guy for the TV, uh, Tipping Point, in Good Morning Britain. And he never gave me a row. He said I was I was after my night shift, and I was sitting in work waiting, and day shift came in, and they were talking on um, about Brexit. And he said something. It was about Ireland saying how they voted to stay in the in the, the EU. Uh-huh. And then he says, "Ah, well, yeah, but Britain voted to leave, so that's the way it is." And I said, uh, "No, Britain, uh, England." And he told me how. Uh, in fact, the democracy said that Britain did want to leave as a whole. And I thought, I'm not going to fight with somebody on Twitter. I'm just going to say what I said. And I says, look, I know you're right. I'm just bitter and fear the uncertainty of all. Is that actually what you said to me? That is what I said, eh? So you fucking shout out yeah, a Twitter confrontation with Ben Shepherd. I never, because I didn't want to start getting a because I knew that folk, folk idiots would have actually started like having a proper fight with me because like, I can't be bored with this. I don't need the notifications. I don't care. And then, because I thought to myself, do you know what? See the whole uncertainty and how, like, I can't sit here and say, oh, do you know what? Look what everybody's done with Brexit. You know, fuck all you who voted for Brexit because you have fucked up the country when I'm saying that I would have voted pro-independence. I've still voted pro-independence when there's a very good chance that leading up to pro-independence, we'd be sitting here looking at England and England would be like, no, we're not giving you a deal. And we'd be like, right, we're going to give us a deal then, please. And they'd be like, no, we're not giving you a deal because you voted to leave, so fuck you, which is what the EU is doing to us. That we'd be sitting in the same space, so I can't say that voting for independence would be better than voting for Brexit because it's just the same thing on a smaller scale. I think back to the back to your first point of <laughs> fuck official government. Yeah, fuck the government. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> fuck the government. Yeah, I just can't believe you shouted for Ben Shepherd. What, sh- what you share to your back is a. Uh, how about you suck my dick? I don't because like there's no comeback better than that. It's just uh, Ben Shepherd. How about you suck my dick? <laughs> so like you can't go. Uh, all right, cool. Well, Britain still voted. Cool, mate, but why didn't you just suck my dick? The best thing, I wish I did say that because he was sitting, it was like 20 past six in the morning and he clearly read it in the, in the ad break between him talking live on telly and me tweeting him to reply to me and then come back on the telly later. I'd love to come back after the news and he'd be like that. <laughs> Maybe come back after the break and he just get your dick in his mouth. <laughs> uh, did they like your reply? No. Yeah. Because you shat it. I shat it, aye. You didn't even, you didn't even respect your shat, your, you didn't respect your shat out comment enough to give it a like. I know. I think this should be, this should be a battle for Ben Shepard. I'm ben disappointed Shepard. in myself. 
Should threaten Ben Shepherd right now. Right, Ben Shepherd, if you're out there, if you're listening, come on the show and talk to us about. Um, probably don't because I probably don't because you know more of Brexit than I do. I don't tell you so. And if you ask me on the spot, I'm just going to talk about William Shatner and hum and haw and say the same three <laughs> words five or six times, and then at the end of it, I think I've made a point. So Ben Shepherd, just suck my dick, man. <laughs> suck my dick, suck Scott's dick. We don't want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, so we will uh, catch us on Facebook. Catch us on scotlandvsevil.com, on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. Hopefully by the time this drops you can catch it on Spotify. I just haven't got around to it yet. Sell a V, but we have to go on Spotify now because Scott keeps pimping us out on Spotify. Yeah, I think we're already there. <laughs> Even though we're not on there. Fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> so we'll catch you guys next week for Scott's pick, which you know is going to be modern and boring, uh, for episode 89. Cheers. See ya. See ya.